G'day friends, welcome back. First of all, apologies for the for the late release. I have just moved house, so you know you gotta wait for your internet connected, you gotta get all your shit set up. So that's all done now, so I'm I'm raring to go. I'll be ready to go for Boba Fett tonight, which is very exciting. But first up, round five of the AFLW has finished up, including a match from round four that had to be, you know, caught up on. The schedule's still all over the place, but Fremantle and West Coast have been able to go home, which is really great for them after being away for three weeks um, to keep the competition going. So really well done them. Um, but yeah, yeah, another really, like, the upsets are coming thick and fast now. So we had a, a genuinely exciting upset, eh, upset, um, at least not a result people expected. And then there was a few others who didn't necessarily go the direction that people didn't expect, but the margin uh, was pretty interesting. Uh, the most interesting result of all, the most exciting result of all, was of course Geelong's three-point victory, I think it was, or two points, over West Coast way back on Thursday night. This is nearly a week ago. Um, this is, this is the way the scheduling is going. But yes, that was an amazing victory. And that is the game I'm going to talk about first. Let's get into it. Yes, as I said, Geelong victorious over West Coast by three points. Their first win in nearly 12 months. They are showing everybody how it's done. right? The way that they play, they might not be perfect at it. They're still a young team. But the way that they're playing, just their, their style, their brand, if you will, is going to rocket them up the ladder once they get a little bit more experienced. The reason that they were still able to win the game when they were behind with a minute and 45 seconds to go is because of the way that they play. Despite hardly having won any games in their entire existence, they've got so much confidence, whether it's from their coach or it's just coming from themselves, in the way that they move the ball, that they just go. They just take off. Like, it's Georgie Presparkas' first season, right? And yes, she was already a gun when she was, you know, before she was in the in the AFLW. But watch the way that she plays, right? Yeah, she's got the skills already. She's very talented. But she gets the ball and just goes. She just takes off because she's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be able to go. And I know that once I've released the ball, one of my teammates is going to be there to either support me or they're going to be on the other end of my kick or handball, ready to do the same thing, move the ball on, you know, with, with pace and with purpose. That they're doing everything right, and and the wins will just start to come. They are so good to watch, and they are 
so exciting because they're an expansion side and they're playing like this. This is what everyone should be playing like. I'm speaking very specifically about my own team. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's 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 because like if like you take any game, any game of AFLW, almost any game, right? If one team got in front with about two minutes to go, they they're going to win the game, right? The way that it is, the way that the women's league plays, right? Scoring is rarely very fast, and I don't think a lot of them train for like those final two minute scenarios like the men would all the time because they just don't ever happen, right? They happen sometimes, but very seldom. Um, so yeah, when West Coast, I uh, forget who it was, but when the West Coast player kicked that goal to put them in front by a couple of points with two minutes to go, I thought they'd done it. I think a lot of people thought they'd done it. It was the first time for the entire game that they were in front. Um but no, Geelong just weren't phased. They they ripped the ball out of the center, just launched it forward, and they got a goal out of it. It was a messy, sloppy, chaotic ball, but it ended up in a goal. Because like, of, of all the statistics, I mean, in any sport really, but of all the statistics in football, there is only one that really matters, and that's your score, Right? The way that you win is to have a higher score than the other team when the game is over. Okay? Yes, to be able to do that, you need to handball and kick and tackle and mark and disposal, d- dispose efficiently and, you know, do all the other things, all those other important statistics, meters gained, all of this, right? But if you can't score in any fashion, you're not going to win. It doesn't matter, like... What I'm trying to say is that they just got it in there. Just get it in there. If, if you can't guarantee a mark, just get it to ground and just cause absolute mayhem and kick a goal. And that's what happened. Ah, oh, it's, it, it's bloody excellent. It is the most sloppy, excellent kind of football. <laughs> it, it is. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I can... Like, I would say, you know, bad luck West Coast rotten time for you guys but they they just they just um got a win yesterday over St Kilda before they flew home so I'll get to them again before the end of this video yeah I'm just thrilled that Geelong like this wasn't just a win this was a fantastic win and it's a reward for trusting their system I think more teams should adopt this style of play and trust that it's going to work Alrighty, let's get on to this. Is a cracking round. Like there was some, like there was a there was some big wins. But there's like the the more games that we put away, the more fascinating I find some teams. Like there's really interesting stuff going on with Carlton, um, even even Fremantle. I can't wait to talk about. It. There was some awesome stuff. All right, so I oh know it was on Friday night. Excuse me. So that Geelong West Coast game was on Friday. There was no Thursday game this week, probably because there was a Tuesday game uh, the week before. I think I have no idea. As long as I speak about every game for the season at some point, I'll be happy because because the the fixtures all over the place with all these, you know, health protocol cancel. Like I don't want to make light of 
the COVID-19, obviously. Um, but it's just, you know, it's pretty difficult to follow along what game is going to be when and what round it belongs to. Anyway, so moving on to Saturday, the first game was Brisbane versus Collingwood. Now, this is one of those games that I found really interesting. Collingwood have been red hot this year. They've been really, really good. Excellent form. Brisbane have been okay in patches. When they've been good, they've been really good. But when they've been mediocre, they've been quite mediocre. This was Brisbane at their best. This is like this is Brisbane, the reigning premiers. Brisbane. I, I very, very, very much enjoy watching Brisbane play when they're like this because they play that same sort of game style, except they also have the experience and the skills, you know, of a more developed side. So, <clears throat> so yeah, that, they're cracking to watch. Being able to totally suffocate another good team like Collingwood is really impressive. There's been a couple of teams that have been able to do that to the Pies this year. Um, and, and it was a very, very windy day, to be fair. Um, but yeah, Brisbane just were too polished for Collingwood. Um, Collingwood's lone goal came from Eloise Chaston, and it was one of the best goals I've seen this year, needs to be said. She forced a smother... Um, Retrieved, retrieved the ball, did a did a little spin, and then deep in the pocket snapped a goal. It, it was a, it was a beauty. So she deserves a bit of praise for that. Um, but yeah, th- the rest of the Pies outfit, if if they're going to be, if they're going to go from being a good side to being a very good side, they need to be able to to handle it when uh, other uh, <clears throat> when other teams bring a bit of heat, because Brisbane were just the fitter stronger, more polished outfit, and the Pies did not have any answers for it. So if they are going to go to that next level and really contend for a premiership, they got to get through these better teams. They just have to. Um, so they, that's the next step the Pies need to take. Brisbane, after a rocky-ish start to their season, have won three in a row and are now doing very, very well and could very well defend their premiership from last year. Okay, the next game was Melbourne versus the Gold Coast Suns at Casey Fields. Melbourne victorious by 12 points. This is a pretty good little game. Gold Coast are another one of those much younger teams who play a game style that is going to come along quite nicely. Um, Same as Geelong, they just don't have the skills just yet or the experience, but... I like them, like the the fact that Melbourne are a really good team and they've scored it pretty well against them. Like Melbourne kicked, they only Melbourne kicked five goals and the Suns kicked four, so that's a pretty good effort from them. And and in the first half they challenged them a lot. Melbourne had to work really hard, and they're not the first inexperienced team to challenge Melbourne for a big chunk of the game this year. So yeah, well, well done, Gold Coast. Um, nothing to be ashamed about in this performance, and they some of their players kicked a couple of. Really, really cool goals. Um, Melbourne, again, just did what they had to do. They're just, they're just winning games. Their biggest weapon is Taylor Harris by a mile. She kicked, I think, two or three of their five goals. And again, not the first game that she's done that in, like kicking most or you know more than half of their goals for a game. Like she is such a dominant key forward. Like there's plenty of really good key forwards in the comp, but she has got the craft 
down pat, her leading patterns, her ability to jump and mark, like to, to have her height and her athleticism in the AFLW just just makes her so dangerous. Like, like Melbourne don't have to be winning big every week. They don't have to smash these less experienced teams. They just got to get there, get to the finals. If they can get to the grand final and let Harris do her thing. Because she's almost unstoppable. There'll be some key defenders out there who might be able to handle her or keep her quiet. But if Melbourne are getting the ball into her, if she doesn't get the ball, defenders are going to panic and she's going to get a free kick. She is such an absolute weapon that that they would have been licking their lips when they picked her up in the offseason. Excellent, excellent game from her. And yeah, she, she... has often been the difference in their victories. So yeah, very, very important player for Melbourne is Taylor Harris. Next up was the Bulldogs versus Richmond, and the Bulldogs basically controlled this entire game. Um, they're another team, another you know, one of those good teams uh, that's been a bit you know wishy-washy this year. Um, but this this is you know a really solid outing from them. Uh, Richmond have you know been pretty all right so far this year but they they just weren't on in this game only kicking the one goal through their captain katie brennan it was a very nice goal um they also had almost no players left by the end of the game i think they had two season ending injuries and then one or two other injuries um so yeah it was a really really bad day for the tigers but you know it happens you know they you know they won't worry too much about this loss it was against a good team and they had some pretty serious players drop out throughout the game that's just bad luck happens sometimes um bulldogs were just about back to their best they're really solid when they play well um i've said before i absolutely love two things i love about the bulldogs i love their home ground i love watching the games at Witten oval because you can see the city in the background i think it's got a great view i love the look of it um, but I very much enjoy watching the games at that ground, and I love watching their captain play. Ellie Blackburn has got the best kick in the AFLW, and she'd give a lot of the boys a run for their money as well. She's such an excellent kick of the ball. Any, any, anyone learning how to kick a football should watch how she does it. She does it perfectly set shot, Standing still, um, on the run, all of it. She, she's so excellent to watch, and she's a very good captain as well. So, yeah, big fan of her, big fan of the ground. And when the Bulldogs play like this, I'm a big fan of them as a team. They're a very good team. Um, that's about all i got to say about that one. Now, let's hang some shit on Carlton. What's going on with Carlton? So, Carlton, this is at Icon Park, mind you. Versus the Adelaide Crows. Now you'd think Adelaide having a really, really good year. Carlton not having that good a year, but they're still a pretty good team. Um, it's at Icon Park. This would be a pretty good game. 39 points. The Crows won by 51 to 12. That is one goal six to seven goals nine. Oh dear. Carlton are in serious grief. I don't know what is going on with their form, but it is in the slumpiest of slumps. To play like this at their home ground is is unacceptable for a team, you know, that's experienced as they are, that has the players that they have, you know. 
you know, and they can they can't. You, oh, you know, we lost Taylor Harris in the off season. You know that that doesn't equate to to games like this. It just doesn't. They they need to be doing a lot better. And Adelaide are going. They must be on top of the ladder now. Let me have a look. They must be the only team who hasn't lost a game because Fremantle lost. Let me just have a quick look. Yeah. They've played five games and they've got 20 points. They haven't lost yet. So Adelaide have to be the premiership favourites at the moment that they are just squishing everyone they play. And this was, you know, that they, they were dominant throughout this entire game. You know, there was patches where they weren't very accurate in front of goal, but they just kept pressing and pressing and got more opportunities. They kicked, what, four goals in the last quarter? So they absolutely ripped them to shreds when they were the most tired. So, I mean, look, there's not a whole lot else you can say. Carlton were rotten and Adelaide are hot right now. Oh, Aaron Phillips almost kicked the greatest goal in the history of the competition from 10 metres out straight over the top of her head. Of course it was Aaron Phillips, but God, nearly, nearly, nearly went through. That would have been an absolute beauty. That's, you know, that's, you know, back page of the Herald Sun sort of stuff, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, unfortunately I haven't watched enough of Carlton's football this year to pinpoint what's going on with their form the, the little bit i saw of this game i don't know that they just don't seem i'd be surprised if they're lacking confidence but they just don't seem kind of like uh, who was that i was saying it about before they're just not moving the ball with a lot of purpose you know like they're moving the ball just fine and they're, they're all running and that's that's cool but i don't know they just seem stagnated a little bit it's Hard to pinpoint, I'm not sure, but yeah, they're definitely down on years past, Carlton, for sure, for sure. Um, You know, even like, even with Vessio and Press Parkus is probably the best player in the competition at the moment. She'd be in the top three, you'd think, but well, she's just in a team that just isn't going well, which is a shame. Um, and then the, well, the last, technically the last game of round five, but not the last game of this weekend was North Melbourne versing, <laughs> versing Fremantle. Now, if you're looking at this game before it started, you think, oh yeah, North are going all right, but Fremantle are going really well. Fremantle are going excellently. They've been as good as Adelaide. So you'd think, oh yeah, Fremantle will handle North pretty comfortably. Not the case at all. This was, at least in my opinion, this was another upset uh, of this weekend. What was the margin again? I've forgotten. So it was 10 points. So 26 to 16. North Melbourne victorious. And it was a, it was a pretty good little game. But yeah, just North being able to, especially in the second half, just... Just be that little bit better than Fremantle. Not at all what I expected. I mean, like it, it, you know, it does make a little bit of sense. Like Fremantle have been away from home for a few weeks now, so they're probably getting a bit tired. You know, it's at the it's you know North's home game, Arden Street with those weird cut off pockets, I suppose. 
Um, but yeah, North, maybe North are really good, and we just haven't been able to see them against a really good team. I don't know if they've played Adelaide yet or not. I can't remember who they've played or if they've played Melbourne. Um, but this is a big scalp for them. It's going to give them a lot of confidence moving forward because Frio hadn't lost a game up until this point so far this year, and they were red hot. Miller had been red hot. They'd all been really good. Um, but nah, North, North North should be really proud of themselves. You know, And it was their... You know, again, I didn't catch this entire game, but what I did see was their talls, you know, their, their, their rucks and their key forwards. Like, just, they got some really tall girls. So, you know, having that height advantage really helps. You know, they got Ash Riddell, who's, I believe, still leading the competition for disposal. So she's gone really well. So, you know, maybe North are sort of flying under the radar. Um, I'll have to watch a little bit more of their stuff to see exactly how they're going. But no, um, Fremantle fly home with their tail between their legs, unlike West Coast, who fly home with a victory over St Kilda last night. Very, very close game that honestly St Kilda probably should have won in that last quarter. But fuck me, we absolutely suck. We suck at the moment. And, you know, I've, I think it is a legitimate reason to say that missing Smith and Patrikios is affecting us more than anything else. I don't think that's unfair. Um, but I'm now starting to think more and more that Dal's coaching style, or the game plan that he's implemented, isn't working at all for this team. It is honestly showing zero promise. And I love Dal, loved him as a player. I was rapping he got the gig as coach. But it needs some serious work because we are the worst team in the competition, not just, you know, because we're now the only team without a win, but our game style, our ball movement, our demeanor, all of it is just like, bleh. We, we move the ball slowly. We don't move it with any purpose. It doesn't seem like there's any system or game plan other than just go and see what happens taking the ball from a kicking this this running into the pocket and handballing nonsense just I'm, I'm not enjoying watching us play at all and I think a lot of the girls are not enjoying this style of play even a little bit like a lot of the girls have struggled this year like to like this week's game, last night, was the first time that Greiser showed anything for the season. And even, you know, that only netted her one goal last night. She was pretty good in the second half, but it was the first yip that she had given at all this year. Because it's just not the slow, shitty ball movement is the worst thing possible for a forward. The worst thing. So, of course, she's not having a good year. Of course, she isn't having a good year. Um... And yeah, like, yeah, we got a few players who are, you know, doing well every single week. Lucas Rod, White, Priest. Priest was excellent yesterday. She was our best player by a good way. White was also very good. Um, but as the captain, she did a lot of work. The ball was around her as a defender a lot yesterday. And she did really, really well. Um, but yeah, we... we have got some serious issues. And look, West Coast weren't that great. It was a pretty shit game across the board. It was another windy one. There's lots of windy games this week. 
Um, the West Coast weren't that great either. They just had more scoring opportunities because they played a little bit better than we did. And they were just able to kick a couple more points than we did. But both teams only kicking two goals. What a, what a horrible, horrible game. Not good at all. Um, but, you know, West Coast, to be able to do that only four, only four days after playing their last game and, like, having that thought in their mind, oh, I get to go home tonight, been away for so long, to be able to win is really, really good by them. It's a, it's a, it's a brilliant effort and, you know, well earned because, you know, them, like a lot of the tra- teams that have been struggling, they're doing it rough. It's rough to lose every fucking week. Um, and I'm, I'm sure at some point this year, St Kilda will win a game. That's a lie. I'm not sure. I'm hopeful. But, you know, there's every chance that we will. And it's going to be an enormous reward for a lot of effort. But I don't know. My, my biggest worries are the game style. I think we need to look at our ruck stocks again this offseason. Because, you know, Leah Cutting's doing an okay job. But she's just not anywhere near as good as a lot of the other number one rucks in the comp. I really wish we still had Poppy Kelly. Even Ray Watt, who's been our number one ruck in the past, she's not tall enough. Um, she just isn't tall enough. If she had, if, like, if, you know, she's about as tall as Greiser, I think, and Greiser isn't super tall, but she's got a lot of strength. So I, I would honestly take Greiser ahead of Watt as, a, you know, second ruck. But yeah, I don't know, cutting's just not cutting it for me. Didn't know I was going to say that. You're not listening. Um, yeah, I've got lots of concerns, but you know, I'm still, still watching, still supporting the girls. They're doing their best. I really think with five games to go, I don't know if we have five or six games to go. I've got no fucking idea how many games we've played. I don't know how many anyone's played to tell you the truth. However many games it is that we have left, I think some changes need to be made with the game style and the way these girls are being coached because it's not working at all at all they none of them seem to know what to do in any given situation and that is shocking that's actually unacceptable like you know if if players can't execute because of skill level or you know their own sort of ability to make decisions in you know a little amount of time that's that's you know that's just the way it is but if players are coached in a way that leaves them with no idea what to do in a given situation, that is a disaster. The girls should always know what to do. Whether or not they can actually do it is another thing, but knowing what to do. And and, and knowing that the next player in the chain is thinking the same thing. Like, I don't know. I trust that Dal knows what he's doing and after a little bit more time with the group there will be improvements but at the moment it's just really poor it's really disappointing how the girls are going and i don't want to end on a sour note but that is how i'm going to end i don't have much praise to give at all except for that few those few that i mentioned priest lucas rod white Greiser was pretty good in the second half um, Jess Matten, I really, really like how she plays. She gets a little bit overexcited sometimes, but I like I like a small forward, a live wire. You don't know what the fuck she's going to do. 
Um, for the same reason, I'd like to see Renee Salidas back in the team. I really like what she does. She doesn't get as much of the ball as Matten, but I, I'd really like to see what the two of them together could do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's There's too many things going wrong that going, oh, yeah, we just got to do this thing and it'll fix it all. But if, if it was me, I would look at a more... Maybe a simplified game style. Maybe it's too complicated and the curl and it's taking the girls a while to wrap their heads around it. Maybe simplify it. I don't know. I don't know. And yeah, just a just a couple of, you know. I mean, we know that Dal isn't afraid to move the magnets around from week to week. We've seen that. He's he he loves making changes. So he's thinking the same thing I'm thinking. He's like, this isn't working, and he's just doing what he thinks is gonna, you know, move us towards a victory. So I can't criticize him for that. Uh, yeah, it's rough. Anyway, that'll do for this one, guys. Um, as I mentioned at the start, I'm all up and running in the new house, and the Book of Boba Fett will be wrapping up maybe forever tonight. We don't know if we're getting another season. Um, so, yes, that episode will be coming out tonight. I'll be recording after I've watched the episode a couple of times. Um, the Oscar nominations came out yesterday as well, or this morning as well. So at some point in the next week, I'll be doing my Oscar predictions. The Oscars aren't until the end of March, but I'm still going to do them. Um, and, and you know, then it'll be, you know, we're getting towards ladder prediction time. We're getting towards St. Kilda 2022 season preview time. There's lots going on, you know, and it seems like once Boba Fett is done, we won't be having another Star Wars show until May with Obi-Wan confirmed to begin in May. I don't think there's one that could fit in in between now and then. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of football, a lot of football and a little bit of Oscars stuff between now and then, which is exciting. All right. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to subscribe and rate and review and follow me on Instagram at timespent underscore podcast. Um, if you want, follow my other business account, which is Little Street Photography. It's a photography business that I'm starting. So give that a follow on Insta as well. And I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.